Yo, Marcus L. Spade Johnson here, also known by DJ L. Spade. And I got a new album coming out November 16th. L. Spadia 2, and I will be ecstatic. You guys, go stream that or buy it. Blessings. November 16th, L. Spadia 2. Coming out of this podcast, there's a man doing the best he can with what he got. Now I got a return guest on the second one, the homie. A-L-A and yo first let me give you your roses because you've been out here doing wonderful designs and thank you once again for doing designs for me and the homie Alex for the random show and for the homie K-Rider you did a great job on that so if anybody needs a well-skilled illustrator please reach out to A-L-A and before we get started please give me your contact information oh dang oh dang hold up let me hold on let my head get a little bit smaller first um uh, you can find me on ala.artparty on Instagram. I also have other accounts as well, but that's my main one. And that's the one I'm pushing. So I'm going to leave it there. And nothing wrong with that. Now, <laughs> all right. So a lot been going on in the world today. Yes. Yes. And let's just start with the elephant in the room. What do you think about Kyle Rittenhouse getting off? What is there to think, Marcus? Um, <laughs> it's. it's it's not that I'm surprised, but it's just that I'm disappointed. You know, America is like that child that just decides, nah, nah, I'm good like this, mom. I'm good. I had like six people call me <laughs> <laughs> like dead ass. Like I'm the person everybody like, hey, man, what do you think about this? I'm like, yo, what do you want me to say, guys? I think it's good to point out that the justice system in America is not set up to prove innocence. The only thing that shocked me was, I'm going to go ahead and say it, how many white folks was cheering and happy about this? I'm like, what the fuck are y'all happy about? One of my uh, white friends, conservative friends, said, I'm liking this to OJ. I'm like, how? Some really, some people really thought this boy was out here freedom fighting. Like, you have to really look at it like that. True. It don't make sense to us because our minds aren't wired to make it make sense. It's not the perspective we were born with. It's not what we were raised from. It's just not our experience. But there's some motherfuckers out here just like, this boy is out here fighting for us. You know, it, it's getting to the point there. there is getting to be two Americas. And it's, it's, it's <laughs> getting divided along political lines. And this is a scary thing that kills me because I keep telling everybody, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. Honestly, fuck both parties. I, I rep for whoever's going to give me the most shit. Like, yo, I look at like, <laughs> hey, yo, what you offering? All right, cool. <laughs> you can get this right. vote. That's how I Preach vote. It. That's literally my standard. But things are getting like torn between identical lines. And it's the thing about this whole thing. It's setting a dangerous precedence. You got to mm. think, this was a protest. Now, every American has the right to protest. But now mm -hmm. what just happened because of this, every other American who doesn't like the protest has a right to take a gun from out of state. <laughs> They're going to deal with your protest. It's just all these vigilantes like protecting land that they stole from people since day one. Like Marcus, it's at the root. Like, But you know what? I don't want to be this guy. So I want to focus on some good things, too, that came out of this. <laughs> if you're a gang member and they want to bring up the fact that you did stupid stuff on social media or you're a blood or a crip, just be like, no, 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 no. I learned from this trial. That that's not admissible. It has nothing to do <laughs> with what I'd be in charge for. If being in a gang was illegal, then 
any KKK member can get arrested, right? Because that's a gang mm-hmm. too. But no, being in the gang is not illegal. It's the activity you do in the gang that's illegal. So uh, look, man, tell these folks, man, look, I don't know why you bring this up in court. They ain't got nothing to do. Take my social media out of this because I haven't seen that used in court. Well, look at this social media page. You couldn't even say cow with the white supremacist rallies. We don't get off. We don't get off like this. I mean, I guess a few of us. I mean, mm. you know, here's the thing, right? I'm not going to lie. Okay. I do feel like, and I said this in the previous podcast, I feel like one of the tenets of America is having a strong defense. I feel like, yo, you should have a very, very strong defense. But resources for strong defenses, which comes back to everything while Black folks are behind, like the lack of resources are there. Like Kyle has a damn good lawyer. He had a damn good defense bond. Both was given to this guy. And he's being made a martyr. And I'm going to tell y'all, man, it's kind of tricky, man, taking a 17-year-old kid and like elevating them up to this like God-like level. Here's what it is. If I may vent a second, because as you were saying that, I got a thought. I find it interesting that people are trying to like liken the trial to O.J. Simpson and um, other things because I don't know why. But while you were saying that, I kind of thought back to Trayvon Martin, brown 17-year-old doing all he could to get home. And I just, I look at the case that he endured because he obviously wasn't there to endure it and how Zimmerman got off. People are constantly trying to find a reason to be like, yes, we have an excuse to gun down people. Here's the law behind me. And in your four, the last podcast um, with your friend, oh, I forget the name. Yeah, I want to say it was Max. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, He was saying that, you know, they kind of keep the jurors dumbed down and kind of undereducated and I kind of thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? I've never been summoned to court ever. And I'm an educated black woman. And I thought to myself, like, my eyes got really narrow, like really narrow. And I was like, how is it the closest I've ever gotten to the law is taking a law class in high school? Let me at them. Like, but I thought about it. I'm like, no, they don't want us anywhere near this. Like, there's a, a narrative trying to be pushed overall to make sure that. People getting gunned down. Hey, make it make sense. Hey, law, here we go. We passed this person. They got off. Up, oh, this person goes across state lines, even though their mother allowed them. But then she, you know, although my poor son, whatever the fuck. Mother of the year. Mother uh, of the year. Let me just also mm, point out that you're preach. right. This is exactly like Trayvon Martin. And the, the reason why this is apropos that you brought up Trayvon Martin is because the defense was he feared for his life. George Zimmerman feared for his life. He stood his ground and he was scared. He was so scared. Now, keep in mind, he was the one following Trayvon. Mm-hmm. Ron Martin was being stopped. But it never came to nobody's mind that maybe Trayvon was scared. Because if you're Black, you don't have to be scared. I mean, you, you nope. people think we're not scared at all. Like, there's no fear if you're a Black person. Now, what's interesting about this Kenosha thing is white people. It was all white people. Like the victims were white. <laughs> Kyle was white. Yeah. I was looking at this because I'm like, yo, I don't know where white privilege is going to go on this. These white people who are champion or standing up for black people. Nah, <laughs> that's how I took it. Now, some of y'all may listen to this. I'm not saying this is how it was, but how it looks was like, nah, it was just odd for me to see that these three white people were just like, X-Dial, like, no, nah, they had it coming. Wow. And a protest. Okay. We ain't got to talk about that too much. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. I always got to talk about women issues with women. 
me run this story by you. And I want to get your opinion on this. So okay, let's get a friend it. of mine who shall remain nameless out there dating. Uh, she's in her 30s. Okay. And this gentleman, suitor, was trying to holler at her. And she just basically said, look, I'm not interested. Very respectful. Mm-hmm. Three days later, this guy sends a dick pic. Um, pardon? Yeah. On. Yeah, right. Just sends a dick pic. <laughs> and first question is, how old was this guy, you think? Keep in mind, my friend's in her 30s. I'm going to say he was around, oh, uh, God, please, please be in his, his mid-20s, please. You would think so, right? 45. No! <laughs> sir. Sir, put that dick away, sir. I was just slaying the wee-wee pictures at 45, right? Right? So <laughs> this is what I want to ask you. What is the first reaction is you as a straight cisgender woman? And you see a dick pit. What is the reaction? <laughs> My first reaction usually is to gasp and then laugh. Um, because that's just been my defense mechanism. I laugh nervously. Um, I don't know if I'm telling on myself when I say that, but I don't know if people can tell when I do it. I've learned how to tuck it in. However, more recent dick pics that I've received, I've decorated in some way and sent back to the gentleman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I like, you know, would be like, yeah, it looks like a roach, sir. Like, you know, like, you know, roast it. If you're going to like be unsolicited, here's an unsolicited roast, sir. So that's, that's more my approach. Currently, hey, now I think this is a good thing because uh, <sighs> to point out, okay, this is what guys think when they see the dick pic. Uh, look, this is a safe space. I'm just gonna be honest. Marcus L. Spade Johnson has not sent an unsolicited dick pic since I was the age of 26. I think that's the last time I sent a, a dick pic, and that was solicited, <laughs> but that's the last time I sent one. Since then, I ain't never sent that, but I'm just saying. I made mistakes too in my past. <laughs> so, so I'm not trying to sit talk down on anybody out there. I'm just telling you, man, this is the voice of the experience. So listen to your boy when I say this. When we send dick pics, we instantly think that you're going to look at it and be like, oh my God, look at that magnificent penis. I got to have that inside me. <laughs> like, that's the sin of it. We literally think, yes, when she sees this, all right, this is going to seal the deal. And as I got older, I realized Ain't nothing special about a dick. It ain't special. And I love my dick. It's awesome. Me and him are cool. <laughs> but it ain't special. Like, yo, you know, I, a woman can see a dick just like, like that. Mark, Mark, I have to let myself out a little bit again. Um, I, I had to fight really hard in my teens and 20s, I'd say, to avoid seeing penises, if that makes sense. No, it makes um, sense. You know? Um, and as an artist, you know, I've, I've done the nude modeling thing where you, you know, look at the body and you draw it and you admire it for what it is. Like, you know, I thought that was beautiful to do. In fact, I'd still like to get back to that, honestly. Um, but uh, with how easy, you know, it is to access things like that on the Internet, even, you know, I've had to fight really to guard my eyes in some way. Because, like, I don't want a dick in my life. <laughs> Unless I wanted, you know, like, I don't, I don't feel like any woman should have to have to state that, but here I am. Um, not on behalf of all women, because some women don't want to see dick at all. And I understand they got their reasons. Thanks. 
Facts. Facts. Facts to point that out. Yeah. Some women don't even want to see a penis at all. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, mm, mm-mmm. let me take a drink of water because Lord, I'm so sorry she had to get That's some dusty thing, right? five unaware. I'm sorry, self-unaware dick. Like that's that is so. Oof. No, I think you gotta be aware at 45, bro. Like you gotta be aware at 45 that this is not cool. Like dead ass. Like there's no excuse for that behavior. Like it's no excuse for doing that when you're young. Like when you're 15, 16, you got them hormones right, it's still not an excuse because you should be able to control yourself. Like that, that's the one thing that I think as men, we need to get through our head. Like control yourself, bro. Self-control is an option. Like, I hate the whole world, you know, I'm a guy. Nah, nah, nah that, that's I not mean, an excuse. I interject here because, um, unfortunately, Facebook has reels now. And sometimes my ADHD kicks in and I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, it's like 15 seconds. I can see it. Um, on, <laughs> there are certain moments where there are some of them that speak really poignantly. Like this one I keep seeing about, you know, a, uh, a woman being like, uh, you know, what's your favorite color? And the guy's like, red, what color's your nipples? Like, not not even a transition to anything else, just favorite color. Let's talk about your body. And I don't have enough dating experience to say that's happened directly to me, but I've definitely heard enough stories to be like, men don't even know how to escalate from point A to point B. They just go point A to point, like, M. It's like, nigga. <laughs> Sir, if give you me, will. Give me a warm up. <laughs> like, give me some water. You know, and women are ovens. Like, me and my sister had this long, ongoing joke because we bake a lot. Well, I bake more, but we bake a lot. And it's like, you got to warm a woman up. I think men need to be warmed up too, but it's a little different because y'all are just wired different. Nah, we only warm um, up, man. It's go time. What is it? Go time. It's time really? to go. Oh, no, no, we don't need uh-uh. Okay. Okay. I won't speak for you because I'm not, you know what? Let me not speak for you. Let me not put words in your mouth. Uh, More play. That's mm. for y'all. <laughs> That's not for me. Look, like, it's yeah. like I said, it's like I said in, in conversation long past. I said, like, people with foreplay, if you don't know to ask for it, you're not going to get it. Like, that's what well, I, okay. I'm, this is going to sound selfish, but the reason why I mastered foreplay, well, I ain't going to say I mastered it. I keep on studying <laughs> foreplay and practice at it. Because I know that's what women want. Like, which mm. goes to, like, the incel behavior, which I guess is a terrible segue, mm. but, like, if you're an incel, it's your fault. I truly believe mm. if you're involuntarily celibate as a man and you're angry, you need to go in the mirror, look at yourself, and after that, get a steel toe boot, fill it with cement, put a rope in there, swing across the tree, bend over so you can kick yourself in the ass. Because you are the problem like in in because all right i feel like and if i'm wrong correct me but no matter who you are how ugly you think you are somebody mm. fuck you mm. I, I just really feel that way and i've seen this i had enough case studies to see like ugly dudes like objectively ugly dudes with fine yeah. women for various reasons and I put it like this, if you're an incel and you can't get no ass, I feel like you're not making yourself desirable for women. And there's some surefire ways out here to get some ass. Would you like to hear them? I suppose. I mean, I don't think I'm going to use them, but hey, I love to learn. <laughs> I'm going to say, this is my, in my opinion, surefire ways to get ass from women. And now, if you disagree right. with me, please interject and say, I don't think that's true. Get at it. 
Okay, first surefire way, if you're an incel, you're out there playing video games, put down the video games, learn how to play an instrument, preferably the guitar. Become the guitar douche. There is a certain set of women that love the guitar. Like, become the guitar dude. Take that frustration and learn how to play that damn guitar. And nine out of 10, you probably can get some ass. Sit out there in the park, play the guitar, look at a woman. I'm telling you, you're going to get at least one or two of them. <laughs> guitar douche. Like, yo, the guitar douche is a surefire way, dude. Men been using this ruse to the beginning of time. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to learn how to play the guitar. Why? Get women. Drummers, <laughs> not so much. I was a drummer. The drummer don't really get down, but the guitarist, See, always get I think drummers are so underrated. So, I hate so, that you said so that. So, we still are. Ooh. So disrespected out here. <laughs> Ooh, the like, Guitar, ooh, I immediately, I immediately thought of Yukihiro from um, Larkon Shell. Like, ooh, come through, sir. I don't know. Mm. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Next surefire way. If you're an incel to try to get ass, I'm telling you, <laughs> this one is a toss up. It's the most deadliest of all of them. However, this will up your game, incel guy. In the wind, <laughs> shoulder to cry on guy. Be the guy that she talks to. I'm telling you, there's a chance you can slide in. This is the most deadly of all of them, though. But I'm telling you, man, you might can slide in there. Oh no, I'm 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 like offended a little bit, sir, about that one. Oh really? A little bit. A little bit. Like I mean, I feel like so many comedians have touched on that before because they'll be like, you know, be that guy that's there. So it's like, oh, I'm so glad you're, you know, by the end of it, you're making out. Like I get why that works, but it's it is so underhanded. Okay, now, now see, I think that's how you're taking it. Let me explain now. I'm not talking about like calculating and waiting for her to be hurting so you can slide in. I'm talking about like legit trying to be her friend. If you're an incel, you got to think about it like this. You need to talk to women so you can get comfortable to talk to her because now I tell you, not, you don't know how to talk to them. You get a woman <laughs> friend, right? And if you care uh-huh. about the woman, you being there for her. And that's why I say it's a toss up because you're really depending on her Say, oh, you was that guy all along. See, <laughs> but Marcus, I have to throw back words. You've told me so many times that you'd have to think that incels think that women are people to do Ooh, that. And that's true. Um, I don't know how the fuck they're supposed to do that, according to your own words, sir. So true. that one, the whole shoulder to cry on guy is going to feel disingenuine. And I've definitely had guys in my DMs be like, you know, I'm patient and I know I'm a little young for you. And I'm like, sir, I just told you, like, stop. I just told you what this is. And then they block me. And I'm like, okay, if that makes you feel safe, sir, I didn't, whatever (laughs) protects you from me, I guess, you know, like I felt, I felt that burn. So it's like, that one is sly. If you can really pretend and be the pathological liar it takes to be that guy. Sure. Do that. Do that, sir. Um, But you lose all my respect. All right, so let's move on to the next one. <clears throat> get it. Super Macho Buff Guy. That is a surefire way to get women attention, man. Like, look, there's a certain set of women who like muscles. So you're an incel, you're at the <laughs> house, put down the joystick, stop hating women, take that frustration out in the gym. Hell, you probably got blue balls and all that's backed up. You probably can cock up 315. <laughs> so so I'm telling you, man, get in that gym, work on your muscles, make yourself a little more attractive physically. I'm telling you, bro. Surefire way. Ask me how I know. <laughs> Tell you. I, I was always this guy. 
I mean, is that for vanity reasons, though? I've definitely seen a lot of memes saying that men work out so that they look cool during sex. And I'm like, that's just when you want to do it because you want to be healthy or live longer or. That's the side effect. Yeah, that's the happy side of it. Like, okay, here's the thing. Right. And before I get to the end of this punchline and this running jokes I'm doing, (laughs) the the, the end of the punchline, I'll tell you the end of it is be yourself. And the reason why I say be yourself is. Because there's enough statistical data to prove that women like all types of dudes. Fat dudes, skinny dudes, buff dudes, dudes who play guitar, everybody. Like, yo, there is no set waist. That's why I always blame incels for being incels. Because women like all types of dudes. Skinny dudes, fat dudes, bald dudes, dudes with hair. It doesn't matter. Because once again, women are people. So it doesn't matter. That's the end of the punchline I'm going to get to. (laughs) Ultimately, all you got to do is be you and not be a dick. Oh, but if you is a dick, Marcus. That's the problem. Stop <laughs> being a dick. That's literally all you got to do. If, if, if you're saying you're involuntarily celibate, that's because you're being a dick and you're not treating women like people. That's the, that's the end. That's the punchline of the joke. I got like one more to say, but that's the punchline. <laughs> the punchline is you need to be yourself. It doesn't matter what you do as long as you're not a dick. Somebody will fuck you. When it comes to the simp game... <laughs> Because incels are also simps, um, usually. Um, There's so much self-improvement that has to take place before they can do that. And I mean that towards women, too, because women simp as well. And there are female incels. We exist. Uh, yeah, but few in number. <laughs> like, I'm going to say it's yes. mainly a male problem. And when it comes it to simping, more male problem. incels are the final boss. Y'all are, uh, the males and cells are more violent for sure, but the females get bitter and, uh, can get religious. And there's a lot of other stuff that happens to the heart for women if they go too long without it. Like, you know, they'll be like, you know, in the past they'd be like, you know, that bitch is hysterical. Finding out these bitches just need to have orgasms. Like, you know, like there was Mm -hmm. a lot going on for women sexually that was being pent up. That's still happening because at the core of America, even though we're sexually liberated. We're really not. Yeah, we're not. You know, that's actually how the dildo got, the vibrator got invented. Yeah. Yup. I've yeah. told that story to so many women. They're like, uh-uh. I'm like, bitch, look, do your research. Yeah. Yeah, they invented the vibrator because, um, <laughs> yeah, women are hysterical and it was just that pent up then needing to bust a nut. That's but, the, you know, you can't blame men for not doing that. Like, no, women are just crazy. No, he's not. No, no. He's, he can, no, he could just lay it down. No, 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 no. It's her fault. She's crazy. All right, I'm not trying to sit here and say like I'm a love guru or I'm just slanging wood like that because I'm, I'm not. But I'm just saying like it comes a time when you get older where you have to be like, look, <laughs> what do you want, woman? Tell me what you want and have a conversation and say, yo, what makes you happy? Because it's different things for different people. You know what I'm saying? So I think like yeah. you're, communicating, you're not like open enough to communicate and put yourself out there. Then you're just doing everybody a disservice. Yeah. I see. If you're not like both of y'all ain't being happy, then what's the point? I think, I mean, I'm going to agree from you from the comfortable distance I'm at because I definitely don't have that sort of experience because I don't know like that. But if people were to communicate during sex, that's also asking them to communicate in real life for the things they need in their work and in their other things in their life. And they don't do that. So, oh, you know what? True, true. So very true. Or some people are better at communicating themselves professionally rather than, you know, intimately 
or whatever. So I don't know. You got to learn how to voice yourself. I don't know. I'm not the right one to ask about that. Shit. <laughs> no, I actually like how you do that. You, I actually agree with you. No, from this part, I, I, I totally agree with you. 110%. Yes. Paul Rudd, sexiest man, voted by people. What do you think about that? <laughs> okay. Well, that's news to me. <laughs> I mean, wait, like 2021, Paul yeah. Rudd? Paul Rudd. Got like, it. Didn't he, didn't he just like dress up as like Al Yankovic for Christmas or not Christmas Halloween? for Halloween? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I now, know, I will say, so, Paul Rudd does look good for his age. Dude, 52 years old. Can I rephrase that, Marcus? I don't oh. want to be that person. I'm going to do it. He looks good for a white man at 52. <gasps> Gasp. I'm sorry. I mean, Idris Elba got it before. And I, I, it, once again, yeah, I, I ain't going to lie. Me too. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, that's a sexy <laughs> man. Like, yo. <laughs> Like dead ass, like automatic it, it, woo. Yeah, yeah, he got one for me too. It's subdued, but it's a woo. Like, huh? Yeah, like yo, <laughs> I put like that. Any woman who say woo, I'm like, yeah, I, I see it. <laughs> uh, Paul Rudd to follow that up. Maybe it's like you know, kind of a oh, the whiplash effect of you know, no one could really follow Idris. So <laughs> you know what, Paul Rudd doesn't look bad. Man. He's a handsome man, right? Oh, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I just think, you know, it, the flex is really, I'm 52 years old and I still look decent. <laughs> That's the flex. It, it all is. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm an aging man. I am not old. I'm nowhere near the 50s. But I'm telling you, man, like, when I see guys at 52 years old still looking decent, like your Idris elbows and everything, I'm like, yes. Yeah. Keep it, guys. I need that motivation. Right, right. Because <laughs> some of our examples before, Oh, this is um, it's terrible. And I'm still seeing people in my timeline now, like losing uncles and aunts, and they're like in their mid 50s, early 60s. Like I'm just like, oh, dang, yo, that is, uh, and then losing them to like, I'm not gonna say preventable things, but things that you probably can like help. Like it's a kick in the nuts, man. Yeah. I lost an aunt to like diabetes and high blood pressure. I'm just like, mm. I'm not saying. Yeah, I am saying it. Like, you could have did something about that. You could have wouldn't exercise. You could have changed your diet. You know, you could have did without the bread. You know, you didn't have to smoke. That type part, that type of shit. It's like, yo, why are you not doing your part? And it's just a kick in the nuts, man. I just told myself I would never be that guy. I'd never, like, get to an age and be like, well, I guess it's time for me to stop working out now. (laughs) Because I'm 36. Like, come on, dude. You see... This is where I'm going to echo my mama. I think it's just because I had a call with her. I think I, I told you a little bit about it the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, zap me up some of my energy. But mama always said that you got to do what you require of yourself. And I, as someone who has had issues with food and food addiction, especially with sugar, um, you have to decide to walk away from it. You have to decide to do it. And some people do it faster than others. Some people do it slower than others and some people don't do it at all. Mm, facts. And that's what it comes down to it. We have to choose. We have to choose to do what we require of ourselves. Like if I require myself to be a fat slob and lay down, 
I'm going to be a fast log while I lay down and eat these potato chips. But if I require myself to get better and to age like wine, that's calling me to do something higher than what I'm doing right now, which is sitting here on this couch and being a potato. Like, you know, like it's, mm. it's an inner requirement that you have to ask of yourself. So when we see our people dropping dead from preventable diseases or causes uh, made worse and exacerbated by the stress of our race, um, and our jobs, um, some of us on the on the work lines, of course, our sorry, front lines of a pandemic. <laughs> um, we have to choose. We have to choose how we want to to age. We have to choose how we would like to die in that sense, if you if if I can say it that way. You um, definitely can say it that way. It makes all the sense in the world. And since you brought up the pandemic, let me just say, man, like when the history of this time is uh written, we're gonna realize that uh we was literally in the Hunger Games. Like, literally. This was the Hunger Games. Like, all you essential workers, <laughs> tribute. <laughs> God damn. We had y'all for tribute. Like, dead ass. Like, uh, who are we gonna sacrifice? <laughs> Fuck it. Gotta eat. Grocery workers. <laughs> Bus drivers. Waiters. Tribute. It was literally the Hunger like Games. Flies. Hunger Games, man. And- as as a person living in Michigan, where it's spiking again, as a person who goes to my grocery store and hears them on the intercom every 10 minutes saying, hey, we urge you to put your mask on if you're not vaccinated, like their children, Marcus. <laughs> Overhearing workers being like, yeah, some people on the crew aren't, aren't vaccinated, but they're not going to put their mask on. Selfish motherfuckers. I'm just like, God, please help us because these ignorant ass motherfuckers can't see. You know what? I'm, I'm to the point now, honestly. I feel like it's going to have to be a damn free for all because people ain't going to act right, bro. Like, like seriously, people ain't going to act right. It's like, yo, all right, bro. <laughs> all right. You don't want to put your mask on. Cool. I'm, I'm cool with it. Like, dead ass. Like, even over here in Japan, I don't trip no more. Like, all right, bro. You do you, man. You don't believe fat meat greasy. All right. I like yeah, that. I broke it back. I broke it back. I like that shit. <laughs> Yo, bro, it's okay now. Like, keep, 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 keep. It's all right, you know? Keep doing it. It's like, keep, keep the fate. Like, dead ass. If you want to take the risk now, take it. Mm. Have fun you with grown. my guy. You yeah, grown. Exactly. Do what you got to do, man. Do what you got to do. It, I will say this though. It's been a lot of things about COVID that's just been fucking stupid. Like, oh. and we gotta admit it was stupid. Like the whole, and I'm glad people are quitting for this too. Like people in the uh, the service industry are quitting. Because first, let's just point out that the serving industry and the whole waiting and tips was mm. basically an offshoot of slavery because they didn't want to yeah. pay people wages. So we gotta admit that. So the whole system needs to be broken down. You need to start paying these folks a living wage. And the second of all, look at how stupid it was. We told the, the servers to go tell the customers who basically they got a bag for to subsidize their wages mm. to do some shit they wasn't doing. So, hey, guy who has to pay my wage, put on your mask. Oh, now you don't like me. You're not going to give me a tip. Fucked up, isn't it? Yeah. Not to mention a lot of women. I didn't know this. I, I should have known this, but I didn't know this. A lot of women are sexually harassed. Mm. Oh, you look cute. 
a lot of women were saying that uh, it's like, hey, take off your mask. Let me see how cute you are before I tip you. Like that type of shit that they have to deal with. All that type of shit because you're basically begging somebody for money to subsidize mm-hmm. your wage. It's crazy, bro. Like, yo, I'm glad he's supposed to quit. Because think about also COVID. I go into a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Then when I get in the restaurant, I take my mask off. That's fucking stupid. Like, all that shit is stupid. This makes no sense. Bro. I'm telling you, Hunger Games. When this time is written, and we look back on it, man, we put all these folks up for tribute. Some sacrifices had to be made. All you essential workers, we called you essential, but you're a tribute. I'm so glad I never read the book or watched the movies because I get to be, I get to sit back with my chai tea and look at the madness and say, well, well, as a God-fearing woman, you know, <laughs> I'm not in control, but goddamn. That fire over there is kind of nice to look at from this safe distance. <laughs> oh, man. Look, dude. I'm definitely at a safe distance. I'm over in Japan watching the dumpster fire. I'm like, ooh. Look, look. Dumpster together. <laughs> don't you get up here on here and start boasting because I be feeling homesick like a mug. Like, mm-hmm. Come on back. We, we got room for you. Come on back. Is there anything you want to talk about before we leave? Uh, actually, yes. Um, if you'll give me two uh, two moments to gush for a second about Please. you first. Um, I listened to your album on loop. Have been, I should say, listening to your album on loop. Um, applauding you. Oh, well, thank uh, you. Really feels like a beautiful self-portrait and well, a well send-off in a way. Um, your magnum opus. I really enjoy it and, and keep enjoying it. Um, uh, so just thank you so much for just laying it out there. You know, um, I hear thing, right? I'm glad you brought that up because I wasn't going to bring it up, but do it, do it, do it, do it. It was kind of a swan song. Like, yo, if, it, mm. if this the last album I ever make, I wanted people to be like, first, he can rap his ass off. Second, <laughs> that, yo, production was solid. And third, I want somebody to hire me to make their album sound like that. And I was kind of, okay, let me tell you the, the whole process of it though, right? Okay, okay. When I was actually first putting the album together, it was dark and depressing as hell. Mm. And like, literally, I got sad listening to it. <laughs> oh. I was like, yo, like, yo, I got to go, go make some upbeat songs. Like, the songs like, some joy on these yeah. tracks. <laughs> like the song Overcomer, I had to add that yes. on there. I was like, yo, dude, I got to add this because it, it, it is too. The Fugue, I, ha- I heard but add that. Like, I got to, I got to put some stuff on here, dude, because right now it is too dark and depressing. Like, the, most of the album was like um, uh, Keep Pushing, uh, Dreams Lie. Mm. That was like the majority of the feel of the album. And I got to listen to it. I was like, ugh, yuck. <laughs> so thank you for saying it was a good balance. It, it, it was it. Because I, I, I really analyzed it. I was overthinking it. I was like, yeah, man, maybe I should nah, like, cheer it up. As an, as an artist, I mean, I think glad that you you went outside of yourself because that's what artists have to do i'm learning this too um and like i the the first song spotify gave me was keep pushing so i thought that was so interesting i know it's not the first song on the album but that's the first one it threw at me um and i will just tell you as a child um an abandoned child it definitely felt like a song to a child that needs to hear it so i was just like oh and that touches me in a personal way. That's not for every person, but that's for me. So I was just like, yo, this nigga might have might have been trying to heal me a little bit too. So that's a God thing though. Like that's that's a kingdom thing in my opinion. But again, I'm a God-fearing woman. 
it's funny because I actually almost didn't quit keep pushing on the album. Like actually K Rider made me put it on there. Cause I had that that song was actually old. And he was like, dude, you need to put keep pushing on there. I was like, uh, I don't oh know if somebody's gonna relate to that. And, Cause I was actually like, I don't know anybody want to hear about uh, a a single father out here trying to see his kid. Like it's kind of depressing, but I'm glad I put it on there. And I'm glad you actually related to it. Like dead ass. I 110%. I'm so glad it's there. Cause I'm just like, nope. I, as a child of, un, I didn't, my daddy didn't want me, sir. So I was just like, I'm glad to hear that want and desire in a, in a man. That's so confirming and validating. I think for more people than just me, but definitely for me. All right. Not to get too dark and depressing into my past. Like, look, and then y'all, look, seriously, y'all, y'all don't want to hear that. But Oof. it was uh, for me, I had to kind of like emotionally detach to a mm. point because if I didn't, I was going to kill myself. <laughs> like, seriously, it was that. Yeah. But like, because I wanted my family that much. Like, yeah. you hear no so much. Like, I'm not going to give you guys the whole rigmarole, but like going to the courts, trying to get joint custody, trying to get visitation, not having rights, like literally going to court, you just hear no, 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 no. Or yeah. them telling you what you can't do. All the while, you're paying child support now. <laughs> yeah. And asking like, hey, can you give me some information on my kid? And they're telling you no. And you know what? I get it, though, because I could be a psycho man going to kill everybody. I get it. But yeah. like you just hearing that no, no, no. And doors are being slammed on you, man. It is like mentally taxing. But it's one of those things like. No matter what. You're going to be the bad guy. And I kind of yeah. accepted that role. Like, look, look sometimes you're not going to be the protagonist. You're going to be the antagonist in the story. But yeah. the only solace I had was like, look. If me being the bad guy makes everybody else better, I'm cool. I'm good. Yeah. With it. But just know I wanted to be there. Just know yeah. I did everything I could. And that was more of a thing for me. Just like, look, put it out here. Let everybody know. Not even for everybody. Just let myself know. Confirm to myself that I tried. Yeah. Like, I did it. I tried. I failed. Maybe I didn't do enough. But, you know. That's the feeling. I'm so glad that somebody said that. Like, look, I didn't. I had no idea you was gonna say that, but thank you. <laughs> and it's a lesson to us all, Marcus. Like, sometimes closure isn't something we get. We write it for ourselves, and usually life will give us something later where it's like, oh, because hindsight 2020. Ironically, always. Um. So, but uh, the last thing I wanted to gush about was uh, a bit on a hopeful note. So it should it should help us lift our moods a bit. Um, uh, I've been collaborating with a uh, page called The Rolling Butterfly for a minute now. Um, a friend of mine uh, that I made in college back when I was going uh, to the University of Vermont, um, she was born with cerebral palsy and has been going through uh, con- like a kind of experimental surgery to walk, basically. But she's had so many hurdles with her insurance and stuff like that. And I've recently signed on to be her video editor. And so um, I just wanted to lift her up because she's like in constant pain, like a lot of sciatic, sciatic pain and stuff like that. But she's still pushing and trying to make footage and show the, the journey because there's so many holes in the system, especially in New York. So mm. um, I wanted to lift her up on your podcast because, you know, it's a world, it's, a, it's an international platform, nigga. So, you know, True. I need to put my homie out here because. What's her name? That's. Her name is uh, Nicolette Rosa, but the name that she goes by on Instagram is at 
the rolling butterfly all written together in one word. Nicolette Rosa? Yes. Yo, Nicolette, Nicolette Rosa, Rosa. We're pulling for you. And yo, give me her contact information too. I'd like to reach out and say yes, what's up. Yes, I will do that. Rolling butterfly, like dead ass. Like keep That's pushing. My boo. And yo, we're pulling for you. Hopefully, man, you can get that um those the limbs working. And when you two come out to Japan, man, I'll show you some uh, some sights. A dead ass. That's amazing. I hope hope everything works out. A dead ass. Amen. Does she has a GoFundMe or anything like that? Um, I actually, well, yeah, I think she might, but I actually don't know it. So I'm going to definitely start getting that together because our contacts have been a little bit sporadic at the moment. But mm. let me get that together. I feel you. I feel you. And that's the coming out podcast. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We try to do this weekly. And uh, yo, go follow the homie ALA. One more time, give your contact information. Um, I'm ala.artparty. That's me on Instagram. I do commissions. And uh, with the holidays coming up, you know, you might want some portraiture done. So hit me up. Yes. Ain't no supply chain issues over there. But she can do it for you. No supply chain issues. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Straight shots. Straight shots. Get it popping. And also listen to Elspadia 2 on every major platform. And we out. You guys be safe.